2: What's up everyone is Noah Daniels and we're here for another episode of the real hauntings podcast. We're doing another urban legends edition tonight. Joshua, thank you so much for hopping on to grace us now to help us host this episode <laughs> as we go through the world of urban legends. Yeah. I will always be here as often as I can. Always glad to talk about the, the spooky, weird stuff. On this episode, we're going to be covering banshees. She's not a banshee, but she is from the land of the banshee. It's Katie Boyle. She, as you know, she's from Ireland and an amazing New York stand up. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. But I could be mistaken for a banshee if I were screaming outside your window. I got the long hair. You know, I'm I'm kind of pale, even though I should look more tanned because I just came back from Puerto Rico. I don't think this ring light is helping me. I'm I'm not I'm not this pale, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could be mistaken if it was raining and my hair was all yeah. It could be a banshee, and I was screaming. Yeah.
2: And congratulations, your special drop June second. I'll do it myself. Amazing special. Uh, I know Joshua and I were just talking about it with you. How has it been getting your special out?
0: Um, it's good. So it's it, it it's not technically the special yet. It was just the album. The special is going to come out. I think like in a month, I don't really know. They said just to post clips about it and then and then we'll see. And then I think they're going to put it on their YouTube. But for now, it's on like iTunes, Spotify. So that's exciting. But yeah, no, it's it's just nice to have it, you know, proof of concept.
2: And of course, you can check Katie out on her podcast, The Shift Podcast. How has your uh, new studio been going? I know the last time you were on, you were telling us that you had a big, fancy new studio you're renting in New York.
0: Yeah, I stopped doing that. It just felt like I was just throwing money away. So I now do it at home. I set up, we bought all the equipment and my my living room is quite cute because it has like loads of framed pictures and stuff like that and like loads of lights. So uh, any of my friends were like, this actually is a better feel for the podcast. And yeah, I just was spending so much money. It wasn't really making sense. So I'm just doing it all myself again. Like my album, I'll do it myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we're excited to have you here. We've been kind of going through some urban legends. You know, any of these urban legends or cryptids that mark people for death, I find pretty uh, scary and really interesting. How about you guys? How familiar are you with the uh, Banshee? I, I sometimes get the Banshee and sirens a little confused in my head, but um, I was it was pretty interesting to see that this, you know, dates back to like... Uh, the 1300s, I would say that I was familiar from like a, a, very base
3: level, you know, like I think everybody's heard of the Banshee, or at least kind of has a moderate, um, representation of what it is, but I've also come across the Banshees a couple of times in my own stories as well. And they're actually never tied to anything Irish, which is where they're based out of. Uh, one was Welsh in Georgia and the other one was actually in the middle of the sticks in Alabama. And it was just there. So it's it's cool to see when you you know do a deep dive where something actually originated, and I, I learned something new when I I started like doing some research on where it came from, and that's that's good old the the motherland, you know, of Ireland.
0: Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with Irish stuff. though. people are like, "What? That's I-? even like a, a band? They're like they're Irish." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I, I remember Banshees because like my um. Like just hearing that about it as a kid, you know, they'd be like, oh, if you hear the banshee, that means someone's going to die. And it was just that it was like most of the times people would say they heard the wailing outside and then someone dropped dead that night. So, you know, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but I've definitely said it somewhere that I think that when if you hear cats screaming, fighting, I wonder if that was actually originally what people thought was the banshee um i don't know when cats were introduced to ireland but there's there's a very scary high pitched scream when they're fighting because cats only meow to mimic uh babies but actually when they're when there's nobody around they have different sounds and i used to hear i remember hearing a cat scream and i thought like oh it's the banshee when i was a kid but actually in hindsight it's probably just someone it's probably just a cat fighting
3: you know you bring up a good point with the the cats as well i know like out here in the in the woods of alabama We typically have a couple of sounds that we recognize. So there's foxes, which I mean, I guess they're kind of like cat dogs, oddly enough. And then we have bobcats as well. And if you've ever heard any of those two things scream out in the woods, it sounds like a very high pitched wailing woman. And I also have two house cats. And whenever my older cat attacks the younger cat, the younger cat always sounds like a wailing woman too so yeah very possible yeah
0: there was a murder sophie west cork it was like a whole documentary because it was the first murder in cork well you know and they 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 kind of fecked up the whole investigation but it was a a british guy killed this french woman but in the documentary her friend said oh she had mentioned that she was down by the castle and she saw the banshee and then that night she died and then they just never circle back to this like they just talked about the murder and how the guy got away with it and blah 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 and it was like, because uh, the guy wasn't tried for it originally. Uh, or he was, you know, and then I guess they couldn't double jeopardy when they got more evidence in the future. But um, but the woman, that French woman told, called up a friend and was like, yeah, I saw the banshee. I saw a woman screaming at the castle. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then she died that night.
2: Katie, are you familiar with ke- Keeners? I think that's what they're called. It was like these women that would come to funerals. Oh,
0: cry. Cryers.
2: Criers, yeah, and and they would come and uh, wail and cry, and they were often associated with like witches, or loosely associated with like banshees as well. And th- I read that that happened up to like the 1950s. Had you ever heard of any of those like stories of them being around?
0: Yeah, I forget what the word is, but it's probably a word from Queena, which is cry in Irish. Um, but yeah, they would like hired mourners. But that zo- you know the zombie song from Cranberries where she's like zombie, yeah. That's meant to reflect the wailing of how people would wail at funerals, and it's it's because the song is like a sad song, and that's why she did it in that um zombie because that's how people would wail. They were like ah, um. So <laughs> yeah, and then I I never heard that they were connected to banshees, but I have heard about like you know I don't know would they be called like witches, but. But people with like like a a cure—that's what it's called. So people with cures, and it's passed down through families, and every seventh daughter or son has a different cure thing. Um, but it's a it's a real thing. I went to get the cure from a woman who has the warts cure, and I was only a child, so before anybody thinks, "Ew, genital warts," no, it was on my hand. Nobody felt um, that. Okay, well, <laughs> I hang around with. <laughs> horrific people and but so I and we tried like freezing it off and everything and then when we went to this lady you just give your full name so whatever that is if you have your 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 first name your middle name and your confirmation name and your last name whatever it is you write it down a piece of paper I never even met her my dad just brought it in with five Irish pounds at the time and then they went away and I and we tried everything else and like you know, my parents were divorced, so I tried everything at home. And then when I went down to my dad's for the weekend, he was like, oh, no, that's all crap. You got to go get the cure. And then so we did. And then there's another cure where if you have a burn, you go to someone who licks a toad and or a lizard type thing. And that can cure you of the burn. Sounds burn. like I'm taking the piss, but I'm not. I promise <laughs>
2: I thought you said if you had a bird, I was like, why do you have to lick a toad if you have a bird? Um,
0: (laughs) But I guess that's all related. And then me and Joshua talked about a guy who tells all these stories on my podcast. He's like an old, old Irish uh, Shana storyteller. And he talked about a story of how there was a banshee outside and she dropped her comb. She was screaming. And uh, a guy went to reach to grab the comb. What was his story? Basically, the, but but his uh, only for his like mother knew about the Banshee. She was she like stopped him. And she said if he had uh, picked up the comb, he would have lost his arm.
2: Yeah. So I don't know that exact story, but um, I was reading about how Banshees are associated with their combs that when they're screaming, they're often seen. Uh, man, this is making me sad. I don't really have hair anymore. They're often seen brushing their hair or combing their hair as they're screaming, and that essentially, if you pick it up, it curses you in the sense that they're no matter what, they're coming back to get their comb. And the only safe way to give it to them, apparently, is through iron because banshees oh, yeah. are fairy related, yeah. Um, and fairies don't like iron. And so, I, I read a story where this guy essentially did that, or I heard a story on TikTok, I think. And so, to give it back he held the iron outside of his the tongs like outside of his window. that was the story yes okay yeah yeah and oh, it, like back ripped in half
0: yes <laughs> it was like the fire that? the fire tongs for the yeah, yeah. turf yeah exactly. crazy it's that's wild. like such a depiction of um of like when i like not to like gender but that is something of like when a woman is just like fuck the world i'm just fed up and you're just crying brushing your hair there's something about that, you know, cuz I used to see my mother cuz she's like has undiagnosed mental health issues, but after my dad left, she would just like brush her hair and cry in the mirror and then uh, another comedian was talking about her mother, Christina Hutchinson, and she has a joke about her mother brushing her hair and cry and I'm, so I wonder as well, maybe that's where that comes from, maybe some woman was just fed up with her fucking husband and she was brushing her hair crying in the mirror or something. But it's such a like it's a very visual, like, oh, fed up with everything. And then you just start brushing your hair.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting so. how much the Banshee is visual and uh an audio thing, right? So it's yeah. like the scream, but she's also always seen with like in gray with the hair brushing or combing the hair and extremely red eyes because she's crying all the time. So that's one that's might have her... just
0: been a mentally unwell person back in the yeah. day. You know, because when I left home, I I got my brothers were small, and I got into the car with them, and I was cutting my mother out because I just couldn't. She was just uh, too much. It was like, I won't get into it, but it was like very toxic violent all of that stuff and so uh, and emotionally abusive and my dad was like oh it's like you can come live with us so you can come li- live with us and I finally did but my brothers are only twins but my mother was screaming so much that she burst a blood vessel in her eye so her eye was all red and my little mm. brother started crying being like why is the devil woman here <laughs> they were only Whoa. they were only so you know again these stories might come back from someone who's just like you, I don't know, but also I'm like super, super. I'm very superstitious. So even though I'm trying to find logical reasons for this, for these creatures, they also could be real.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's a. It's kind of a double-edged sword too, because on one hand, you can totally believe that with the way that patriarchy has manifested itself throughout time. You know, women seem to get the short end of the stick for it just across the board. I mean you look through Medusa, and you look at the sirens, you look at the banshees, you look at uh, just women in general like everybody's a witch if they don't uh, uh, you know agree with them or, or they're trying to find some explanation for something so it kind of took a life of I think it can well I'm assuming it took a life of its own from that but on the other side um, you know there's something about like women also being the carriers of, of mess- messages too
0: it, it It is funny, too, how, like, it is linked to, like, okay, so the Banshee, she's screaming, she's brushing her hair, which kind of seems a bit like, you know, and I use the word crazy only because every woman feels like she can't ever uh you know like shout or scream because we'll be labeled crazy and it's like such a word that's used against us whereas uh so this creature is a woman and then you look at leprechauns and that's short little men and men hate being short so it's so funny <laughs> these are like manifest- manifestations of what we aren't allowed to be in like you know because men feel like women want tall men i don't give a sh- i don't care what height you are uh, before you attack me, but and women feel like they can't be like crazy for a second in front of their guy. Uh, when we, we should be allowed to be short, and it's just so funny that leprechauns are. I, I just can't think, you never see female leprechauns and you never see male banshees, there's no equivalent. Um, yeah, so I think yeah. we solved it. It's yeah, that's, that's it's a profound. battle of the sexes
2: <laughs> game, set, match. It's interesting you say you're, su- you're supernatural, that you're superstitious. Um, yeah, it's so superstitious. Do you, do you think that is fed through Irish culture? Cause I know that even like back in wars, they were talking about soldiers would think they would hear a banshee take off running and then be killed by the enemy or killed by their own troops because they were deserting. So like, it seems like this lore has really gone through the eras of Ireland. I mean, is there something to that within the culture of Ireland where people tend to be superstitious?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we're definitely superstitious. I wonder as well how lo- how far with the generations it will go. But I was brought up on folklore, you know. That was told at his bedtime stories, and they're all fucking miserable. You know, for the most part, it's like everybody dies in the end, and the fairies kill them, and or the guy tried to go into the fairyland, and he fell off his horse, and he became like three hundred years. You know what I mean? They're all like um. But they're interesting stories. Uh, the but yeah, we're all very superstitious. But that's probably to do with like paganism and Celtic, because it was a pagan country before the Brits took over. Then Catholicism was introduced. At any country where Christianity is introduced, whatever or whatever religion is introduced, you still have whatever they believed before linked in with that, mm. because. You know, you have ca- us Catholics, OK, and uh, I'm sure the Protestants are the same, uh, all very superstitious, like Irish people, you touch wood um, if you think of something bad. But if you lost your keys, you'd also pray to St. Anthony. But that's two different. And then, like, I feel like anytime I've met Filipinos, they're also Catholic and superstitious, similar superstitions. Um, I know like stuff like, oh, with money in a certain area, that's like luck or bad luck. I can't remember what their one is. Ours is if you drop a knife, it means a man's going to come around Um, shoes on the table is bad luck, which was probably just invented by someone who was like, I need to get these dirty feckers to keep their shoes off the table. <laughs> you know, sometimes people that say stuff and you're like, yeah, that's That's nearly pagan. But a lot of these religions anyway, like Christianity is stole from uh, paganism. They just change the stories. You know, the three stars. Are the tree knights, whatever they call the tree kings, the tree guys, the tree Three wise men, to, trees wise men. Yeah, they came to Jesus, but there's that's something to do with like I, I think pagans originally had like the tree stars that they looked at, and then you know that song that 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 that's actually a, a, a Ukrainian pagan song that's I really true. wish
2: the video was working right <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was Christianized. Um, and look at Halloween, um, and that Halloween is a is a, is an Irish, uh, uh, pagan ceremony that everybody still celebrates and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And look at the Catholics in Mexico still celebrate day of the dead, which that, that, has to be related back to some form of, you know, folklore or whatever.
2: Well, Katie, you mentioned your non-genital warts that you got rid of from the, uh, healer or the witch. So I thought you might find this interesting. My dad, when he was a kid, his father was a preacher, um, like a tent revival preacher. My dad is pretty old, but um, he had warts, uh, same thing, non-genital, just normal warts, <laughs> and he couldn't get rid of them. Um, and so his dad had him go and bury chicken gizzards in the yard in a specific way. And um, a, I can't remember what material he had to wrap it in, but he had to bury it. It was like three of them. And then he said, in three days, the warts will be gone. And sure enough, three days, the warts were gone. Now, was this just the passage of time that healed the warts? I don't know. But it is fascinating how one warts seem to bring on these superstitious healings (laughs) and two, how it it crosses cultures, right? It's not just, you know, you and Ireland going to somebody who claims to be a healer, who can kind of. Bless this ailment away, but also somebody who grew up with a very stern, strict preacher as a father who gives him instructions to go bury chicken parts in the yard to heal his wart. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see the cross culture yeah. there between the two stories.
0: No, that is really interesting. And what what's a preacher like a priest?
2: Yeah, so a preacher is just a non-Catholic priest. I would, or right, Joshua? Is that what you would say? Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Where does religion, though, not be superstitious? Do you know what I mean? In the end, like, you know, when you think about the people who do the tongues and then they, is that the same people who like get bit by snakes? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, if God wants me to live, I'll, I'll survive. Like, I know that's yeah. belief in faith, but it's also kind of superstitious because you're feeling like, or maybe that's the opposite of superstition, but you're also doing something that you feel... Like I'll get bit by the snake and I'll survive. I feel like I have to do this. It's kind of the same. I think religion and superstition, you know, if I don't do my prayers at night, you know, God won't hear the message and I'll die or so there's a similar it makes sense that religious people would also be superstitious people.
2: This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four year old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm right there with him.
1: Yeah. Blessing, yeah.
3: The, blessing the food, I would say, is is more superstition than anything because it's there's no like hard and fast rules that if you don't pray over your food, like it's going to, you know, choke you and you're going to die or anything. But it's more yeah. so like if I do pray over my food, well, now I've given my blessing to this food and, uh, if, you know, somebody put arsenic in there. Maybe I won't feel it.
0: Yeah, no, I, like in Ireland, if an ambulance goes by, you're meant to bless yourself. But I don't know if that's why they just because you're like, oh, I hope they're OK. Or If you're like, hope that doesn't happen to me.
3: <laughs> and and I know people here like uh, this is something that like two of them in particular that I grew up with. And these are like church going people. When we went over a railroad track, they'd lift their feet up. And then mm-hmm. when we passed by a cemetery or a graveyard, they would hold their breath. Um, oh, and these are yeah. like Christian believing people. So it's it's it. I mean, even they have uh, superstitions that aren't necessarily like biblical per se.
0: Yeah, I would say I'm more superstitious than religious, but I grew up with religion. So, but yeah, I, I, I know. I think being superstitious is the same as being religious. You know, I might not be like, please, Lord, don't, but I am touching wood if I think a bad thought. I'm making sure I find some form form of birch around the gaff. You know, so it's the same thing as someone praying.
2: Yeah, I think it gives you comfort either way, right? It it makes you believe that there is inherently something bigger than you that is controlling or can control the things at play, whether it's religion and a straightforward, you know, like God figure, or if you're just superstitious, knocking on wood, believing if you don't do X, then Y is gonna happen. Well, any of those scenarios, you're kind of putting your faith that there's something else out there that can control the bigger moments uh, or the scarier moments of life, you know?
0: What about salt over the shoulder? Do you guys have that? Mm Yeah, yeah. That seems to be global. I don't know what it is with salt, but everybody has something with salt.
3: Allegedly, if you throw it over your left shoulder, apparently that's where the devil's head sits and you throw it in his eyeball. And you, uh, yeah, it's a a very interesting superstition. um, But apparently it blinds him from whatever he was about to do to you.
0: Jesus Christ. So you prevent your bad
3: luck because, you know, him and his pitchfork were about to, you know, fork you up.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly. I I I am now going to have to do that next album I record. But I cuz I like especially if I'm doing something big, I'll get very superstitious right before. Like I won't wear a shirt that I've I've had a bad set in or I'll even down to the shoes. I'll be like, "Okay, I've had good sets in these, so I'll wear this and 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 you know, I had a, like a ring. My friends are all Middle Eastern, a lot of them, majority of them, and so they believe in the evil eye, so I got an evil eye ring. And I even was like, if anybody accuses me of appropriation, then it's not fucking working <laughs> because I wore it on my special. Because my friends were like, you gotta wear the evil eye.
2: <laughs> I still won't walk under ladders, and I don't even know why that's a superstition. Been, no, I won't walk a kid, under ladders.
0: I, just... I can't remember why. I don't wanna. I'm not risking it. That one's a shade. <laughs> I won't walk under ladders either.
3: Yeah, I went, when football games are on, I, I'm a sports. Uh, I'm a sports superstition person. If my team is doing real well, I would not move. I like I won't move. I'll put my phone back in the same spot. I'll put my drink back in the same spot. Like there's there's certain things, and if they're doing real bad, I'm like you'll see me move around a lot because I'm like I gotta find the right spot so my team can do better. And it doesn't work, but sometimes I feel like it does. And honestly, I think sometimes superstition in that regard serves as like a anxiety reducer because yes. you feel like mm-hmm. you have
2: some type some of control. control. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. When I played football, I wouldn't wash my jersey as long as we were winning games. So I'd have like blood on my shirt, you know, and all that. It's smell, but I was like, nope, not doing it. And then we'd lose. I'd be like straight to the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: no, that's definitely, I think a lot of super, like for me, my, like I would have, as someone just diagnosed me from the audience, they uh, messaged me, a doctor being like, oh, it sounds like you actually have OCD. And I was like, great, thanks for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I was talking about when I was a child and I did definitely have a form of OCD when I was a child. And I think a lot of kids who have like whatever uncontrolled v- environment do that to have some sort of control. And I ADHD as well. But um. It was just like when all the superstitions I have are actually just to cope with ADHD or OCD because I don't, when I was small, my shoes would have to stay all like perfectly. I'd have to make sure they're perfect or in my head, I would think I would like break my ankle or it's like, I'd have to turn my light on and off a few times. Or I would think that like a monster would come into my room as a kid. Mm. But like now as I'm older, I don't do that, but I still this is so crazy. I'll—I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but I'll kiss my cross if I can't find wood, because my cross is linked to wood because Jesus's cross was wooden. And I'm not religious, but that's just a coping mechanism so that I don't have to worry about finding a fucking tree when someone walks up to me, being like, "I have to get an eye operation," and then I'm like, "What if I go blind?" You know? Um. So so that I don't lose my mind, but it's all linked to some sort of mental health issue. <laughs>
2: You know, it's so funny you say that because if I see that somebody passed like on Facebook or something, say like you see like a sad post, like, you know, X person passed, I'm so sad. I will scour to try to see how they died so where I can see if it's something that I might also die from. And I know that's some weird mental health thing.
0: Oh, it's scary, though. It's like, yeah, it's that's I get that. I don't I oh I don't want to know how they died I don't want to now also worry about getting whatever disease insert name
3: yeah and and you bring you you I mean the coping thing is a really good point um even to to kind of bring this full circle um you know it there's a high likelihood that the banshee was created as a coping mechanism to explain away something as uh unpredictable as death. Uh, yeah. Because it always seemed to come and it's it must, if you know, somebody passes away that's like younger than normal. It's like, oh, well, I guess the, the Banshee got them. And I say that because, you know, it, the, the Banshee was allegedly linked to the family tree. And so it's linked to the family. So now when Uncle Fred, you know, who's only 61 passes away. Well, oh, yeah, I think I did hear a Banshee the other day, you know, or I did hear it a couple of days ago. Um, because it wasn't a bringer of death. It was just a messenger of death. And, uh, you know, like almost everything in every culture, there's always something to explain away death. And the Banshee, though it has taken other, you know, life forms, in my opinion, like sirens and uh, some mermaids uh, and their legends, um, and Medusa herself, you know, maybe it was used as a, as a, an explainer Uh, for for the Irish culture um, who I mean as we've talked about before Katie are very big into having stories to go along with things that are everyday kind of things
0: yeah and things that are just unfair or um, no exactly especially when people didn't have religion there because at least when you have religion you're like okay well they're gone to God but this was pre-religion so to be like okay well the banshees brought them to wherever they believed at the time that makes perfect sense the i think you're i think you're dead right the medusas thing is is sad though because that was a real real woman right she was just a philosopher um and they just killed her because she wouldn't have sex with them or something what was it what was the story
2: yeah joshua tell us i
3: I don't know that that much but um I know she was the, the lady with the snakes but I know that there is a real with the snakes for hair but I know that there is a real story behind her and I actually just came across this like three months ago and I was like oh well that explains a lot about Medusa but in transparency I completely forgot so this is an accountability either, moment so. for me to uh <laughs> to go and look that back up but I think there is like an alternate story for Medusa that isn't actually what we are given and like when we're in learning what we're like learning in school and greek and greek mythology oh yikes
2: um one of the mythologies from overseas i don't yeah. think in mississippi they taught us greek mythology i think that's on like the banned book list here
0: <laughs> it's also like it's back to the whole thing that you say with the patriarchy every uh badass every woman that was like a witch was just that she was like excelling yeah. Uh, you know, she was like a philosopher and they're like, which, or she was like Jonah Eric and like really good at tr- strategic warfare. And they were like, she's getting too good, which, <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: well, you know, um, you were talking about the Banshee being like family linked. And that reminded me of something that I for whatever reason, I've never shared it on the podcast, but on my mother's side of the family, most of the men have died by the age 65 and have died around the age 65, like 63, 64, 65 to the extent that, um, her, what I would call probably her best friend in our family, uh, was her first cousin. And, um, he just passed probably about six months ago and he was 65 and I had never heard about this. So I had no anxiety about, getting older in that regard. And then my How mom, you? late thirties, you know, I mean, I, I, I do have a fear of death, but I, I just, it was not something that I ever had to think about. Right. Uh, and now I'm like, well, I guess I've got to push real hard if I want to get things done by 65. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I know heart issues with men run on that side of the family, thankfully not on my dad's side, but um, but yeah, kind of horrifying. I mean, like, literally off the top of my head, I can think of six men on my mom's side of my family that died from heart issues around you know what, 65.
0: You know what happened? Some guy back in the day really pissed off some woman, and she was like, I put a curse on your male lineage. Everybody dies at 65. That's what I fabulous. thought
2: you were going to say. She broke his heart, and then it just threw out the generations. The oh,
0: <laughs> or that, or that.
2: That's cool. That's more unique. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it it's crazy, but at the same time, it's like genetics. But um, yeah. So here's to hoping I can break the streak. And my mom said that she was really worried about it, uh, just for herself, even though it was primarily on the male side. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy.
0: That's very scary. Well, if you hear a banshee, you know. You're fucked. Also, I think this something else was like if the clock stop, that means someone's gonna die. Do you guys have that? Heard that one?
3: I've never heard that one. I don't think
2: so. No. Yeah. Makes sense though. Yeah. Ooh,
3: that one's that was a little unsettling. I don't like that one.
0: Yeah, that was just something my mother would say though. So I don't know if that was just a her thing. Now that I think about it,
3: we had a we had a whole thing in our family that if some somebody died, like two more were going jesus and, uh, everybody dies in
2: three The power of three yeah
3: yeah but it, on on like a serious note i that really did happen like I, i've i witnessed that happen all within like six months if somebody ever like passed away it was there was always two more coming and it always happened and mm-hmm. it's really weird and i really don't like that one so uh i've set some hard intentions for that not to happen uh anywhere near me um because i you know i
2: you Good know. luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The power of three is interesting. I mean, Katie, you know, in comedy, especially like uh sketch and improv, there's a big thing with like getting to that third round of a joke for the audience. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that number, but it seems to really- I don't do that. <laughs> but I you know about that. it.
0: I know. I think, <laughs> I think that everybody knows about it so much though, that it's actually more of a misdirect now not to do it. And then after mm. a while- they'll forget about it again and it'll be back in.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's you know, fair. You know what's funny about the power, the rule of three, like now that you mentioned it, I never saw this until you just mentioned this, but uh, for most of the like viral videos too on the internet, they're always using the rule of three. So they hmm. set, they, they oh. use the, they set the the story and then they do the history of what they're about to do. And then they do like, I guess the punchline or the, the rest. Hmm. So like they set the hook tell the story finish it off and most viral videos work in that fashion of some mm. sort
2: yeah it's interesting yeah obviously comedy is such a grind i don't think that's something that most of the people realize who don't do comedy because they just see a comedian get hot and then it's like they're part of their universe you know whether it's online or, or whatever so um from the real hauntings family congratulations on all that and i urge everybody to go and download her album what's the best place for you Katie for them to do that
0: um well if if it's on iTunes it's ten dollars but if you want it for free if you have like Spotify it's on Spotify or it's on iMusic as well so whatever's easiest for you guys uh if you also just like rate it that'd be nice and if you wanted a review that'd be nice as well um I would love that uh but yeah it's just called I'll do it myself or if you put in Katie Boyle um it'll come up as well
2: Awesome, and Joshua, you've got some exciting stuff going on as well. You put out a video for BuzzFeed. Can you tell us all about that? Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, I
3: guess technically, I'm like a contracted worker for BuzzFeed now, um, because like I said, I <laughs> I hate sleep, so I just keep saying yes to things. But nonetheless, it's really it's really cool. I'm I'm not going to downplay it like I normally do. Um, it's really cool. Um, I, I the first video I did was, uh, haunted. Uh, the haunted uh, dead children's playground in Alabama, um, which is really special to me because I said if I ever got a big enough platform, I was going to uh, try to shine a spotlight on Alabama and 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 bring some of those stories up with me. Um, and on top of that, when BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, Paranormal starts their TikTok page, uh, I'm gonna have the first video on there. So uh, very stoked about that. So um, still doing my Alabama vintage stuff, telling telling cool little stories and. Um, you know investigating haunted buildings for five hours uh so yeah it's been a it's been a lot of fun this season Um probably gonna quit my job so <laughs> y'all send me some good vibes it's about that time it's uh just taking too much time away from the things that i want to do um i do have a family to feed so uh yeah so if we're living in a box i made the wrong <laughs> decision <laughs>
2: out for the banshee no um (laughs) no you're you'll do great and you got your coffee shop i I feel like uh everything is just going up you know and and that's that's so cool uh for both of you guys um so yeah Yeah. that's amazing well um that's the banshee i feel like that was a pretty fun fun episode learned a lot and it's always great to have katie on she gives a extremely unique perspective as i don't know (laughs) a ton of people from ireland uh matter of fact i think i know one and she's on this podcast so i'm always happy when she'll come on and share her knowledge and joshua of course is always a wealth of knowledge so joshua you wanna wrap us up i can do that uh well
3: thank you noah for having us uh it's always a great time thank you katie boyle for joining us your album is hilarious so everybody go rate and review uh do not listen do not listen to this episode and click off and not go find her album I will be very mad. Very mad. We'll
0: send a banshee to your house.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 3 of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but please go do that. Uh she does really great work and you won't be disappointed and it's a good car ride. It's a good uh sit and chill with some wine. Uh listen, like it's 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 some good stuff like I put my stamp of approval on it. And uh yeah, and until then, i'll be back uh you can follow me on all my socials um i'm gonna be ramping up some of the videos uh make sure you follow the real hauntings page because there's a lot of cool stories coming out from other hosts and creators and all that good stuff and until then we'll have another really good urban legend for you